welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, role-playing games edition, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. But today we'll focus on role-playing games. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. <laughs> I'm Kitty. I'm Spencer. It's not in the notes, so I didn't know I was supposed to identify myself. <laughs> I only say what I'm scripted to say. Except I that's wish not that was true. <laughs> <laughs> also, Chris is here. Hi, Chris. And I, I, yes, I'm Chris. Um, okay, back to you, this Kitty. Week- <laughs> This week, we're talking about campaign structures for our role-playing games. From sprawling campaigns that take you years to complete to one-shots that take an hour or two. Really, there's any structure that can work for anyone, and we'll talk about some of them today. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake. Also, happy belated 4th of July if you're in the U.S. Also, <laughs> happy happy birthday, um, America. Happy birthday, America. And we have a Zoom audience. We have a dedicated Zoom audience on this holiday weekend. Three people, and all three of them are my best friends now. And the other three of you, well, you're my second best friends. <laughs> um, so what did you guys do for the fourth? I'll let you start, Kitty. Um, we just went to a backyard picnic. Um, we saw some minor fireworks that were... Um, early enough for the kids to stay up for and um then we went home and drugged our dog and had a nice quiet evening (laughs) fair enough well we drugged the dog before we left it's true the the drugs take a while to kick in so that he's nice and zonked for the explosions does does Riker really freak out yes he really 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 does not enjoy fireworks and if you don't drug him he like pants and shakes for like hours and i like it has been miserable but um he had an unrelated health issue that is he's fine but um an unfirework related issue we ended up at the vet and we were like oh and by the way tranks and the vet was like oh yeah (laughs) totally i think that's all they do for the month of july we had a hard time getting him an appointment to see him for his actual health issue because everyone else is just trying to get their dog tranks so this is this is how i imagine that conversation went by the way, Tranks? Oh, yeah. Here you go. Also, can we get some for the dog? Okay. <laughs> well, Spencer was in charge of that, so probably. Yep. <laughs> I'm feeling great right now. Yeah. Fletcher, how did you spend your 4th of July? Um, I smoked three racks of ribs on my smoker. <laughs> and I, That we... wasn't where I thought that was going, but okay. <laughs> and uh, where did you think it was going? I don't know, but it was I smoked. Pause. <laughs> oh, um, uh, we just invited a few people over, and we just had you know we just had barbecue basically and beer, and you know just just hung out. It was nice. And Marty doesn't care about fireworks at all, so we don't have to give her any medications. She was just like sleeping. Marty being Fletcher's dog. Yes, my dog Marty. Um, she yeah, does act the exact same way in, in the, uh, when she's in the car, she pants constantly and she does not like being yeah. in the car. Uh, but fireworks, no problem. Yeah. Actually, well, I believe for- the, do- the doctor will also give you tranks for the car. They'll like, they prescribe dog tranquilizers a lot more easily than people tranquilizers. As far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you could just go to a vet without a pet and be like, Hey, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bring my dog because he's so nervous. I really need some pills for this dog that I definitely have. I need some pills it weighs, for my dog. Mom, do you have a scale here? 
I have like two a dogs. really big dog. It's been it's trying. Like it's exactly the, the same size. The as dog's been trying to lose weight, but it's been stressful with work and everything. <laughs> I actually have two dogs, but you could just give me one pill. I'll break it in half. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I don't have a dog. Uh, nobody here is bothered by fireworks. The kids sleep right through it. And I forgot that yesterday was the 4th of July. Yesterday as we record. and But we went. We were doing um, a board game party at a friend of ours. And so we just kind of hung out all night, played games. On our drive back, we saw fireworks. But fireworks started a week ago, and they haven't stopped. So it was like... Really, yeah. nothing new. But. I really like the Fourth of July, and I really like fireworks. But I don't understand the week long shooting off of fireworks. Like we have a day for this, just do it on that day. Yeah, it's yeah. like Christmas. I love Christmas. We don't need three months of Christmas. <laughs> you don't enjoy the Christmas decorations the second Halloween is over. I don't, or maybe before Halloween is no. over. Sometimes, <laughs> but it's more annoying because instead of just like opening up Christmas presents early, like. You open up Christmas presents early and then yell about it, you know, down the street. <laughs> so, like, everybody knows constantly. Surprise Christmas! And especially at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. And it's like, was that? Especially when you live in the city, you play the game Fireworks or Gunshot. Which one could it be? <laughs> Is it regular and have a report? Then it's probably... <laughs> it's probably fireworks. Firecrackers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but you guys also have something else you're celebrating today, as in the 5th of July. It is our anniversary. Yep. Eight Ma- years ago today, we made everyone we love sit in the blinding and ridiculous sun. It was very, very hot, and no one has forgiven us. Kitty's talking um, about her and Spencer's anniversary, not tabletop yes, it is game our wedding talk. anniversary. <laughs> it is close to tabletop game talks fourth is it yes. gonna be four years this year yeah it'll be four years in august in september yeah. august well september yeah. is when the best part happens september but. when you join whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay, i know so it's our eight-year wedding anniversary today yeah uh, i remember that wedding it was it was very nice uh there was a building i could go into and be air-conditioned so that was good <laughs> Kitty really wanted an outdoor wedding, so that's what we did. <laughs> that is exactly how that works. Yes, I know how that works. Yep. I sat in the shade. <laughs> you s- smile. Yes, dear. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. I was going to talk. No, I'm going to skip that. Um, so quick YouTube update. I didn't release anything on YouTube this week because I got distracted, uh, but next week we will. And related to that, Kitty is leaving the country... For three weeks. (laughs) We're good. We're not leaving the country. And going to Minnesota, I think. That's the same country. Um, I'm leaving the state. That's debatable. But. (laughs) (laughs) Way up there. It is is very close to Canada. It is very close to Canada. Now, I love Minnesota. But we're going to take. We're going to use this opportunity to take a mid-July break. And we will be off air for the next two weeks. Um. Don't worry, we're still alive, and I will be on YouTube if you really miss my voice. But we know that everyone comes here for not me, so that's fine. I'm not. I got blocked on Twitter today by by someone because I decided to defend Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Twitter is a terrible, terrible place. It's just a terrible place. But you can follow me on Twitter at <laughs> uh, Game Master Chris, and you will see when I post my new YouTube videos because I'm going to start doing that. Uh, that said, what else do I have? No, I'm not going to do anything else. Keyforge Live, though, July 23rd through 25th. 
you guys should come to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, play some Keyforge. I'll be there, and it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you can go to Keyforge Live at .archonscorner.com for more information, and I believe I've been putting that in the show notes. If not, shame on me, but I will definitely put it in the show notes today. <laughs> Otherwise, just search Keyforge Live. It'll come up, I promise. Let's talk about role-playing games for a little bit. Um, sure. I, want, I, I, want, I wanted to find some topics. Not topics. Define some words. And <laughs> Did you try a dictionary? Wait. Yes. We want to define words? That's something this podcast doesn't do. I just want to try it. I want to see how it works out if we try to define some words. I don't know. So Sounds pretty uh, out there. Yeah. And I know that you guys only Look out, go Mary by the script. <laughs> but I want to I want to take these I'm just going to jump around and I'm going to ask you to define these words. And Fletcher, I'm starting with you, and the right. word I would like you to define is session. Session. I Can I have the origin, please? <laughs> <laughs> How many letters? I, I I don't know the origin, but I do Can know. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> yes. We played a session of Dungeons and Dragons last Friday. So, define session. Um, I would just say a session in that context is a block of time where a group of people play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, like a, a fairly contiguous block of time. You might have like lunch in the middle or something like that, but it's anywhere from, it could be any length of time, but it's just a continu- contiguous block of time. I would say that it's a, a waking length of time. If you t- if you go to sleep and then wake up, actually, if the entire group goes to sleep and wakes up, I think you've started a new session. I'm sorry, yeah. who's defining the word? I thought Fletcher was defining the words here. Hey, I am. I, it's my I don't job. Know how this podcast works? <laughs> yes. Chris asks us a question, and, and says tells no. us why our answer was wrong. That's yeah. how this works. It's just the model that we run by. It's totally fine. Uh, but no, I like your I like your answer. All right. I don't think sleep has Kitty. anything to do with it because you could separate for like. I don't know, 20 hours and not sleep and then play again. True. But I'm just saying if you do sleep, sleep you've probably broken the session. Yes. <laughs> what if I sleep for but what, what if I sleep for 3 minutes? No, you can sleep for 3 minutes. But if everyone so Chris, sleeps for think, 3 minutes. Do you, do you think then it's not possible to have two sessions with the same group of people in the same game in the same day? It is possible. I believe you can do that. Yes, I believe that's possible. You can. Yes. Okay, so you were wrong. Defend yourself. No, it, you're it can, putting absolutes on sentences yes. that were not meant to be there. <laughs> so basically, yes. So a session is a group of a segment of time that can be minorly broken, but if it's majorly broken, it could be two sessions. But that's it's a lot of just kind of definition, right? Or not not definition, but what you decide it is. But a session does not span over days or or weeks. Chris, what Chris decides it is. Well, I usually am the dungeon master, so that is pretty literally <laughs> accurate. Yes. <laughs> This is a session. We're going to stop this session. We're going to start a new session. And sometimes that can happen immediately, um, especially if you're at a convention. You can do back-to-back sessions. Uh, you know, this one's over. Now we're starting the next one. So it can happen, but it's, it's you know, it's a it's a block of, it's it's a session. A block of gameplay time. A block of gameplay time. I like would, that. Tabletop would, semantic talk. Yes. That's, a, that's the same. <laughs> it has to be like the same campaign. Yes. All right. Kitty, I would like you to find... Player versus player character. A player plays a player character. I am the player. My player character is Evie, my gnome wizard in our Dungeons and Dragons campaign. 
Am I the only one? I'm not going to correct you. You're correct. Am I the only one that hates? <laughs> thinks Kitty's wrong. <laughs> when you hates Kitty, yes. <laughs> so, so I, 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 and I threw it at you. I said, "Find player character." I hate Kitty. Um, I hate the player and the character. I just, I hate the term player character. PC, I'm fine. This is my PC. I like that. This is my player character. I hate that. I just hate when people say it all out. And I'm hearing it more and more and more. And it just drives me insane. But it could just be me. I don't know. I'm asking. It's just you. You don't like that it's you don't like that it's pronounced rather than like abbreviated? I think the abbreviation yeah, but he gets mad at us when we say RPG. So Well when you're saying he confuses it, it with a rocket propelled grenade. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean just that just that once. But still no, so like ATM, right? No one's saying, I'm going to go to the automatic teller machine. If someone said, hey, I need to go to the automatic teller machine and get $20, where are you going to the automatic teller machine? That would drive you nuts, would it not? There's an acronym. Does it drive you nuts when people say ATM machine? Because yeah. that's the worst. Or PIN A number. <laughs> A little bit. This is my PC character. Yeah. Um, yeah, PIN number, ATM machine, both of those, yes, they're redundant. I... <laughs> that's fine i'm okay with that it's just the part of me like snickers inside is like you know you're being redundant right but um i don't know anyway i digress i just the the, the phrase player character bothers me pc is totally fine anyway um fletcher no no spencer <laughs> I, i'm already <laughs> wrong time all, the place. <laughs> Always. all right spencer i'm gonna give you the one that we're gonna talk about for the next 45 minutes uh define campaign how long do we have? About 45 minutes? About 45 minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I would say that a campaign is a contiguous array of sessions. Okay. A very computer answer. I, I, I honestly think that really sums it up. I think there's, <laughs> so there's you know, probably some sort of story that goes along Index with that, but that's zero. true within a session as well, right? Yeah. Uh, and and if, you, if you're playing in multiple different games, you, you're playing in a session. Okay, well, what session is that? Or what, what game or chronicle or campaign are you playing in a session of? Now, I've, I've heard some sort of multi-tiered sort of things beyond campaign. There can be like a yeah, people use different terms like chronicle or story or whatever, and that you'll have different campaigns that exist in the same timeline. You'll do one campaign and then another campaign. Uh, but for in my mind as a player uh, and as I run games, it's all just one storyline maybe you can finish like an epic or a chapter or something i don't know but i don't really like to draw those distinctions it's sessions and campaigns well if you don't like to draw those distinctions this is going to be a rough podcast because that's all we're going to do from this point on but fletcher i interrupted you (laughs) spencer spencer is it is it an array or is it a set well, it's clearly an array because it's, <laughs> it's it's in an order, and you go from one to the next one. Oh, and if you're playing it, if you're playing in like a weird time based thing, it might be more like a linked list. So you're going what? from session to session, but they're not really in order. But you can always go to the next one. But if you try to look at it in memory, it's all jumbled. If the campaign was written by Tarantino, what would it be? I don't know. Bad. <laughs> um. <laughs> Blood all right overrated <laughs> exactly <laughs> so we're going to talk about the title of this episode i'm just going to call it campaign structures but i'm using that as a catch-all because a campaign i believe is a series of sessions and i think th- in order to have a campaign it does require more than one session however there are we're going to talk g- generically how just different ways that you can structure your 
role-playing game play. And we're going to start out with the smallest type of of this, and that is like kind of the mini session. Um, I, what did I call it here? Uh, the encounter. And what I really mean by this is this is a session where you're really just kind of, you're there for just long enough to do a single something or maybe two small somethings. Um, it's usually one to two hours, oftentimes used in, you know, to play on a weeknight or whatever at a organized play or maybe at a convention, you're trying to learn to play a new system and it's like a one or two hour block of time. Um, you're normally not making characters for these types of things. You're being handed characters and you try it out and see if you like it. A couple hours later, you're done. Very low level of commitment. What would you call this if I was like, I mean, I, I wasn't really sure what to call this. I just like, it's an encounter, right? Or something similar to that, a short session. Um, I've always heard them called one shots. That, that's what I would call but, uh, one shot. To me, an yeah. encounter is something that happens within a session. So an encounter is like, we encountered some goblins and then we killed them and then we moved on <laughs> and then we encountered yeah. something else. It's like a battle or something that is resolved by yeah. roles, maybe uh, diplomacy or combat, one or the other. But it, yeah. it is a, a thing that happens within a yeah. session. And we'll talk about one shots because that's the next stop step up. But this is truly a single, like you get together and you play maybe a short introduction role playing scene and then a combat encounter. And that's that's it. That's the entire session. I don't think I've ever that, heard of that. That's I would a, still that, call it a session. That's a small one shot. It, it's well, if you're never going to play it again, that's a one shot. If you're going to play those characters again the next week, it is a session. Okay. Um, in either case, a session is made up of encounters. Yeah, and in this case, I would say that uh, what I'm trying to define here is a situation that you see as a lot of conventions will have learn to plays, and a learn to play is a one or two hour session that you are given pre-made characters, you walk away, there's really no ex- expectation you're ever going to use those characters again, but you could. You could use them again. Uh, but there's no real story there. It's just kind of a getting the used to the rules and playing the rules. We often do this whenever we learn, whenever we're doing like a new game system that we're learning, we'll often do something like this. I would still call that um, a session, just a short, uh, like one encounter session. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just and trying to... a one-shot. Yeah, I'm just trying to break it up in so there's because we're going to talk about a, a spectrum here and everything could be called a campaign, but there's a lot of different kinds of campaigns and there's a lot of different kinds of sessions. So I'm just trying to put a little bit of a descriptor around it. But sure. All right. So the next one up, though, to your point is the one shot. Mm-hmm. So what would you what would you if I said, hey, we're going to do a one shot. What would your expectations be for that? Me? Yeah. Um, my expectation, if you told me we were going to play a one shot, would it would be a one to two session, perhaps two to four encounter mini campaign with characters that either are pre-generated or that you make where you're never expected to play them again. This is not a story that is going to continue past this one, maybe two sessions. Spencer? Uh, I would agree. I'd say a hard limit of one session, though. Like, yeah, we're just we're not coming back to the table here. Not even two sessions. See, it's literally called a one shot. <laughs> yeah, but you don't get a mulligan. You don't get a do over. It's, it's one. meant to be played in one <laughs> session. But as adults with lives, sometimes things happen and you can only play for like two hours on a Friday. And so a one shot happens over two sessions because life. It's true. Possibly that could happen. Uh, and I've also seen one shots that grew into longer Whole chronicles. <laughs> 
but I, I still think it's then it's, it was intended to be a one shot and ended up not being one. A one shot is is one yeah. session. Yeah. Now I will say actually, Kitty brings up a good point. We know we just define session as being a block of time. There is the possibility of a session that is broken up over a week. I, I can like in this particular case, sure. And, you know, it is a session, but hey, we needed to take a break and it needed to be a longer break. So we, we're resuming our session. And this actually matters in some games that measure things by sessions. Like um, uh, Savage Worlds, you get a certain number of bennies mm-hmm. at the beginning of a session. Well, if your session is two hours long and you get a benny at the beginning of a session, okay, you get a benny every two hours. If your session is eight hours long, then you get a benny every eight hours. And it's like, so you kind of have to define your session a little bit differently in those situations. But a one shot is going to be typically a single session. Maybe it gets cut over, you know, depending on adulting. And but I think one of the big things about a one shot is well there's the one that you mentioned I I I like is you do not expect to play these characters again. It's a one shot, boom, these characters are I don't want to say throwaway characters, but I love the phrase play them like you like like you stole them (laughs) (laughs) like just have fun with them they're not something that you're going to be playing in the future so just do whatever you would do if there were no consequences and have a good time with this one shot sure you can cut my character's arm off what do i care exactly I mean, like, I think the fun part of a one shot is to try to kill your character in the most epic way possible. (laughs) Isn't that what you're like? Just going down in a blaze of glory. Yes. Yeah, but you don't want to do it too early because then you get bored because you're done playing. Yeah, exactly. Wait till the tail end. You have to. You have to like balance it. You have to find the perfect moment. Yeah, you want to go out epically. Um. So yeah. So that would be a one shot. Now, very related to this is what I'm calling. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw an organized play into this conversation. Chris made up. No, well, (laughs) trust me, I did not make this up. I there's nothing on this list that I could possibly make up, except for maybe the terms that people use to describe them, uh, because everything has already been done. But you can have a situation where you have the same character, potentially the same characters, i.e., group that play through a number of unrelated adventures. Each one of those could be considered a one-shot, but the characters or the party is consistent from one to the other. Now, this is often referred to as Adventurer's League in D&D, where you create your character and you go and you're playing into this adventure. When that adventure is done, you go to the next one, go to the next one. Now, Adventurer's League, at least the modern version of Adventurer's League, has a story arc and it is encouraged to play them in order, but you don't need to. Like, each one's kind of a standalone thing, and you don't have to have the same group. You go, you play, you get your loot and experience. Awesome. I can go and play at another, you know, adventure later. Have you guys played organized play? I want to say, Kitty, I made you do it once or twice. I did it all by myself. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> I did it... Um, uh, I played in a few, mostly at conventions. I did some at Gen Con. I think I played in one at um, Gamehole Con. And Spencer, I, I know you have, thing. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Fletcher? Have you ever played organized play D anD? I have not. You, I think you would really enjoy it. Um, I highly recommend now that the world's kind of opening up. Uh, find any any game store. They'll have Adventures League. It's all you're looking for is Adventures League, and there are two to four hour slots that you go. You bring your Adventures League character. And you play, you go home. 
And a lot of times you'll start playing with the same people, but you don't have to. It's very flexible. If you miss a week, no big deal. Come back again. I really, I, I did organize play or Adventures League for a very, very long time. I was running Adventures League games. And I really enjoy them from running them because the modules are pretty easy to just, you read the module, you go, you run it, and people are having fun. As from the player side, it really works well for people who like the mechanical aspect of Dungeons and Dragons specifically, because you get all the gold, the leveling, the items, all of those things. And there's a loose story that ties it together, but mostly it's just, hey, let's go on an adventure and kill things. And it's it's fun. It's it's an, like like I say, it's an easy, non-committal way to feel like you're part of a larger campaign, even though you don't have to be there every single day and you don't need to feel guilty if you don't show up. That's cool. I'm get behind that. All right. <laughs> it's really fun. Um, I would recommend don't make a paladin or ranger because literally I played with a party that was um five players and it was two paladins and two rangers and me and I made a bard because I was like ha. i'm not gonna gonna be a paladin or a ranger but it was very tense there (laughs) where it's like we need someone who can cast spells so if you feel like you can play a spellcaster yeah do that (laughs) yeah i was just thinking like it might be good to come prepared or something and have like two characters that you can play like oh do we need do we need a cleric or do we need a rogue yeah, that is a very, very common thing that people who are really into Adventures League will do is they'll have a handful of characters, usually like two or three main ones. And they're like, oh, but I also want to level up my, you know, Dragonborn Sorcerer. Um, so I'm willing to do that, too. But it's just like any MMORPG where you're looking for a group and everyone wants the healer, but everyone is a damage dealer, right? So it's kind of fun in that way that it just kind of feels the same way. It's like, okay, yeah, I have a healer because I know we need one. And hence the bard in a group of paladins. It was a lot of bardic inspiration. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, not much healing. Inspiration. Inspiration. (laughs) And then I hide behind them. Yes. I'm so, I'm doing a lot of moving around here that is that, not translating to it. The audio, audio of the format. podcast is really going to miss the So this is a great segue to an actual campaign though. So we've gone from one shots to organized play and I I'm using organized play as a generic um conversation of the same character that goes from adventure to adventure that have a loose or no relation to each other. But now to a campaign Go ahead. I will say that organized play can be a little bit different because you're playing, yes, most, I don't know, it's like 50-50 whether you're playing with the same group of characters. You are continuing your character forward no matter what. But a lot of these kind of mini campaigns or um, however you want to define it, it's like the same group of characters going scenario to scenario. Just coincidentally, though. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, you know, and... In every good campaign, no matter its length, someone should die. Yeah. yeah. So, just um, waiting for Chris to kill one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I keep daring him to, and it's going to be me. I'm so squishy. Well, you are pretty. It's going to be kill. me because I keep doing dumb things. <laughs> you do that too. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I really just want to do rocks fall, everyone dies, but we're going to get to that shortly. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, let's let's go to campaigns. Now, we're going to talk about campaigns in a couple different ways because I'm, again, campaign structures. That's where we're getting to in this. When I think of a campaign, I usually think of a long form 
thing. We're talking year plus, right? Playing every week, you know, same character, same storyline. Um, where I met Spencer was playing in a two-year-long Dark Sun campaign for fourth edition D&D, where we played basically every week. And that was like my most successful campaign I've ever run. Took from we went from level five to level thirty, and despite you know clear, clearly because I was there. <laughs> yes, despite Spencer's despite influence. Spencer. Yes, <laughs> but these those types of campaigns are incredibly rare to run to any kind of conclusion, um, but they're incredibly common to start. Like I think a new campaigns, <laughs> fifteen new campaigns started since we started recording this podcast. Um, and up oh, 13 of them just stopped yeah <laughs> like they it they just they burn out so quickly because it is such a commitment and again adulting you have lives you know back when we did our campaign that was almost 10 years ago um well maybe 10 years ago exactly 10 years ago we didn't have kids yeah. <laughs> we all lived in the same place or at least near each other and we were just looking for something to do with you know, our Saturday afternoons. Now, Saturday afternoons are, that's not an option. I have all kinds of things I need to do. So they it's really easy for the fade out. Like, we only do two hours on Friday, and we're still canceling probably one to two sessions every month, um, which is still, that's a highly successful campaign, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> For us, this is the best campaign we've had in, I don't know, like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how old uh, is my child? You know, four years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. So it, it's these types of campaigns are tricky. So I really wanted to look into different ways campaigns can be structured. Um, but I also wanted to get into the the whole idea that you don't have to play in a campaign and you don't have to play a structured campaign. Like I said, I don't think organized play where you're taking the same character and playing, you know, different adventures, it doesn't feel like a campaign to me, but it is a way to always be involved and not have to be committed to a long-term campaign. So what we have done last Friday or the Friday before? Anyway, our last session, um, the way I envisioned this, and this sort of came with the fact that you guys are going on, you know, going away for three weeks, leaving leaving the state. And I'm like, okay, I want to end this campaign in on a cliffhanger that can be picked up again whenever we need to, which presumably will be, you know, end of July, August. But I also wanted to conclude an aspect of it. So when we pick it up again, we can be focused on another aspect. And the idea behind this is, and I don't know what the official term for this is, but I'm calling it TV style, where we have seasons and each season focuses on the same characters. There's an overall story arc within the season. And when the next season picks up, you're following those characters. Everything that happened did happen. But you're starting, and now there's a different story arc that you're kind of focusing on. The length of these seasons can vary in the number of sessions. Um, I think our first season, our, well, we had a prologue season, but even our first season was probably, what, four, five, six months? It's hard to tell these things. Blur together. Time but, is meaningless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pandemic, really. It was pandemic time, so who knows? <laughs> but what this allows us to do, because Spencer and I have talked about, Spencer wants to start up his vampire campaign again. And it's hard to do two campaigns at once, but if we have one where it's like, okay, this season is over, now we can do this other game. And then when that's ready to end, now we can go back to the other, to the first game and start season two. 
And that's kind of the idea that I'm approaching for this. And I'm, I don't know, I'm calling this, it's sort of a mini campaign, but I think what we've done is actually, I mean, if we ended this right now, this would be a feature length campaign. Like it was a ride, right? So what do you guys think of that in general though? And just so every our listeners know, this is the first time that I have actually mentioned this to the three of four players. And I actually didn't bring this to Sydney too. She'll hear this for the first time when she hears the podcast. But I'm looking for like feedback and thoughts and ideas on that type of structure for this campaign. I think it sounds like a good idea. I think it works really well for, um, especially if we're trying to do it in kind of like six month chunks, because it seems like kind of mid-summer, everyone goes on vacations and has a lot going on. And then around the holidays, everything also falls apart. So if we can kind of plan it in those like chunks, um, we might have to do like, you know, a mini season here. We can maybe do a Christmas special because I think Fletcher <laughs> might need some time off this fall. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know how TV, you know, it, it makes sense. I, I think it's a good idea for our group. I don't know if it would work for everyone, but I think it's a a nice way to think about moving the story forward while also like, you know, allowing life to happen. Yeah, I agree. I think the, I think the TV analogy is a wise one because it's trying to do the same kind of thing, right? TV series are trying to engage in a cohesive story, but never really button anything up because you always have to option another season and you've got to leave, you know, uh, room for breaks in between when people have other things to do. Uh, there's actually a, an idea for a structure of a D&D game that I've been wanting to do for a few years now uh, that revolves, it, it's TV inspired again uh, around the sitcom model. Because the way a sitcom works, where it's very highly episodic, the important part of a sitcom is that at the end of every sitcom, uh, the situation is exactly the same as it was at the beginning. Nothing ever changes in a sitcom. So you could just keep making them over and over again. The comedic situation has to remain. Uh, so the, the idea that I wanted to do was one where you're like, all right, I wanted to have some combat and some plot driven stuff where uh, you'd have this D and D game where you'd start because at the end of the last session, you were about to go into some fight or a dungeon or something. So at the beginning of the session, you sit down, you give everyone a brief reminder, like, all right, you're about to kick down the door and fight the goblins. You do your combat, resolve it. Through the course of that, people get back into their characters because you're never in character when you first sit down again. And you don't really have to be that into character in combat either. At the end of combat, you've been playing for an hour or so. You go back to the town and talk to the mayor or whatever, do your role play thing, find the next mission, get ready to go do that, and end when you're about to kick down that door. Yeah. <laughs> Like and you that. could just, you could cycle that forever. And it, it's actually, it would, it made it, the idea is that it would make it really easy in some respects on the, uh, the DM because you've got a very easy structure to follow. Yeah. And, and it's very, very similar to how Adventures League works. Right. Mm-hmm. I like it too because it ends on like a an incentive to, I want to come back. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a bit of a cliffhanger, but more just, you know, I guess just a cliffhanger. Yeah. I was going to try to, to <laughs> motivation with more words to say the same thing. <laughs> yep. And that's, that's the big difference between organized play where you start and stop all within the same session. And what I refer to, and I know this may date me, but in the nineties, there was a show called alias and alias was amazing because at the end of every episode, it was a huge cliffhanger into the next episode. 
And you just, you had to wait a week before, because, you know, real TV back then, before you could see the next thing. But as soon as that episode aired, you wanted to watch it. And the first 15 minutes of the next episode was just resolving that cliffhanger. Alias was in 2000. 2001 was the first season of Alias. That's like a drama, right? Or like a normal television show. It was a normal television show. But the way the structure worked, it was very much... Um, you, you, oh, want, just you want to be old? That was still 20 years ago. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> watch Alias. It's it's an amazing show. Um, but yeah, I like it the idea fun. that the cliffhanger. And I watched it when I was in high school. Does that make you feel old, though, Chris? Is that um, I always feel old. <laughs> I'm, I'm 47 with a two-year-old. I always feel old. <laughs> Hulk is That's- to anger as Chris <laughs> is to old. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you whippersnapper too much around him, he just turns into a little crepid old man. Goes, ah! That's a secret. He's always old. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alrighty. So traditional campaigns. <sighs> um, but yeah, I like this. I like this idea of the season, the TV styles. Because again, it also allows me to not get bored. Because trying to keep the same storyline going over especially short sessions. When I was doing Dark Sun, our sessions were much longer. Our sessions were like four to six hours long. And they were all in person. So I could plan what was going to happen. And it it just, I don't want this, this is going to sound bad, no matter how to say it, but I didn't get bored with running the adventure because each time I was going to approach the session, I had things to do. When we have two hour sessions, I do a lot of that prep, and then I, that prep plays out over the next four to six weeks. So there's not much for me to do. I'm like, I've already done my part of all the prep. Now it's just a matter of like running you guys through it, and you're so slow. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I that just, wasn't your complaint last time. Your complaint last time is like, really? You're going to not engage with that thing at all? I put all this prep work in. We're like, yeah, it's resolved. We're done. Uh, We're a different group. You're, you're the only <laughs> crossover from yeah, that campaign to true. this. So that is true. Yeah. Um, but I I enjoy it. I do. But I also like the idea of taking a break and kind of shifting things around because it keeps it interesting to me. And if I am uninterested, the campaign quickly becomes uninteresting, right? So that that this idea of being able to make more story arcs as opposed to the story arc is Escort this NPC that we never talk about into level 20 of a dungeon that takes us a month to go through a single level each each time, right? Like, at some point, that gets old. So I need to find a way of making that interesting, but also still being like interesting for you guys. this got old immediately when you started have to editing all the maps to size. Um, <laughs> that was tedious. But that part, I mean, I... This is interest level, just like... (laughs) I mean, I was learning a new piece of software, Wizards Foundry, we use Foundry to play online. And so at the beginning, it was actually still interesting. Now it's just, it's like, okay, it's work, I need to put this together, which is still okay. Like, I don't have a problem with doing that, because I think the end result is actually quite nice. Um, I like being able to have a map that you guys can move around in, and it, it does simplify the actual gameplay session quite a bit. It's just, it requires more prep on that 
side of it. But also the story itself is a little bit slower because everything's tactical at this point. So we don't get a lot of story when it's just, you know, okay, I move six squares this way and, you know, I open that door and make perception checks and hear what I can hear on there. So I'm actually trying to get you out of the dungeon. Like that's the whole point of go hunt down this drow (laughs) priestess so you can get out of the dungeon and I can you know, throw a little bit of dialogue in front of you as opposed to just... For the record, my character didn't want to go into the dungeon to begin with. (laughs) Well, now you have an excuse not to be there. I'm the one who picks the dungeon. You did pick the dungeon. (laughs) That's true. Now, I do want to talk about a one more campaign structure that I actually love the idea of. But it it is one that... I don't know if in practice it is harder to do than in theory, but in theory it sounds amazing. And this is what is referred to as the West Marshes uh, campaign style. Are any of you familiar with this no. at all? No. No. All right. So you haven't clicked on the link in the show notes that talks about this entire thing and gives you background don't act like you updated the show notes. <laughs> the show notes that you updated at 8.15 this evening? Uh, for the record, yes. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to... Actually, I'm going to just read from this uh, wiki piece, and I'll post this in the show notes as well, because it's it's just like six bullet points. Yeah, but that'll this be was, entertaining. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Kitty, no one can see you try to die in the background, so (laughs) nobody cares. Nobody cares. But this is, I'll paraphrase these six bullet points. Um, But Westmarsh, this is a campaign that, and honestly, I don't know who Westmarsh is, is actually his name. I actually don't know who he is. I haven't followed him. I've just heard his name all over because he designed a campaign system that is a cross between everything we've been talking about. Essentially, there's one main rule. You're an adventurer. Who wants to go on adventures? That that's like that's your character. If you're creating a character, you're creating a character that wants to adventure for whatever reason. Doesn't matter, but you are driven to go out and hunt things down and put yourself in danger to get treasure or whatever the case may be. You are not the person that's like, well, why don't we just stay at the tavern and op- and run the bar? That's that's not the type of characters you can make it through this campaign. So that said, players are. Players, any player can suggest or join a session at will. So the idea here is you don't have six players and a DM. You have as many players as want to be players and as many DMs as want to be DMs. Each session is presumed to be self-contained. So when you go on a session or go on an adventure, at the end, it's wrapped up. You're back at the town and literally you're back. That's one of the rules. You make it back to town. If you're not back in town... By the end of an adventure, you have to spend gold pieces based on how far away you are from town to get back to town so that you start the next session in town. So everyone's always starting in the core town. To start, you create a new level one character. And when you go on these adventures, any gold and XP, that's yours. It carries over from session to session. Um, if you want multiple characters. What if you characters, don't have enough gold? Uh, then you, you go on more adventures. Right, more adventures. Adventures oh, they'll throw get you in. D&D debtor's prison. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, if, oh, you're, to get if, back? You're, if oh. you're 50 gold away from town and you only have 10 gold, they, do you die? Do you, you go to debtor's prison? You in debtor's um, prison. Yeah. And the rest of the adventuring party is going to have to break you out for the next session. It's The players are penalized at the cost of one gold piece per level per mile. 
to travel back home. So presumably you can pay for that. Um, if you couldn't, then your character dies in the wilderness. Um, that's my bullet point. But Eaten done. by wolves. Yep. Nice. Eaten by wolves. Uh, let's see. Murdered by pirates is good. <laughs> the murdered by pirates is good. The world of West Marshes persists beyond each session. If the players have made changes in one session, other players see those changes if they later follow the same path. So we went down and burned down the village. The next group that goes down that path and says, hey, why is this village burned down? Well, because someone made a choice to have it burned down at some point. Um, and then the core town is safe. So the idea here is any any DM can run any adventure inside of this world. Players form groups to be able to say, hey, I want to go on this adventure with you. Once you have an adventuring party and a DM, you run it. Notes are taken. Awesome. What do you guys think of this? You know, it sounds a lot like what Spencer had come up with independently. It sounds good, though. Sounds like a really smart guy. (laughs) Uh, No, yeah, it sounds fun. Uh, I think keeping track of like the state of the world like that across multiple players can be interesting. So if you had, you know, let's say you had one part like Chris, let's say you're running a game and you've got like 12 different players who want to play, but no one can really commit to playing every week or every two weeks or whatever it is. This could be a great way of like, well, it always starts in town. The players can swap in and out and there's still some continuation of what's going on. And then, Oh, like, well, everyone wants to play, but Chris, you're out of town this week. Fletcher knows, you know, the system, how it works. He'll step in and run it this time. Yep. And actually the way it would work is say the four of us are, are in this, and then we have eight more friends. Spencer, Fletcher, and Chris are all DMs and players at times too, depending. We know the shared world. And if at some point it's like, hey, uh, Spencer says, hey, I want to run an adventure in this village that I want to call, you know, Village Joeville. And I'm like, that's kind of a silly name, but eh, sure, I can go with Village Joeville. (laughs) And you're like, and this is what's going to happen. Awesome. As long as Fletcher and I are like, wait a minute, this ruins everything about something I wanted to do or was in the actually not even something I wanted to do, but something I was in the middle of doing, um, then that's fine. You say you get six adventures and you go do that. And Fletcher and I could be part of that because your concept is I want to do this thing in this village. I'm not going to give you any more information about this. Just let me know if this conflicts with anything you're doing. No. Great. Let's go do that. And so your the only de- problem... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying, your DMs have to be sharing some information about the results of things and about the premises of things, but not about the details of things. Yeah, that makes sense. So the 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 only problem that I'm foreseeing with this is sometimes it's the DM's fault that you can't get back to town, right? Like, let's say I'm running a campaign in here, and I was like, oh, hey, yeah, we'll just go to this quick dungeon, and I just did a bad job planning this stuff out. And it was just realistically not going to be, you're not gonna be able to go through all those challenges, jump those hurdles and get back to town on time. Or, you know, life happens, something comes up and you can't finish. Now the players all get penalized and lose some gold and have to go back. So there's the, where the players have to commit to my, I am an adventurer and I want to go on adventures. The DM has to commit to, I will run sessions that can fit within a typical session length or if something happens we will do session part one part two where you can branch those sessions you just need to follow up with that same group to conclude it as soon as you can also there are some times where you know you just have to kind of say okay i'm going to cut out a bunch of stuff i was planning because this is running long and or didn't go a direction 
I needed it to go. So there is that two-way premise where you're not out to get the characters in trouble. Like, oh, when you're at the bottom of the dungeon, session's over. Ha, ha. Yeah. And, the, you know, the flip side of that, I mean, Chris, I know you and I have both been in this position that we've uh, commiserated a, a bit about running games where sometimes you get everyone around the table, you've put all this work in there, and everybody's just, like, goofing around for 30 to 60 <laughs> minutes, and you're like, okay, guys, but I drew up this whole map, and I thought we you want to do this thing. We and, would never. Right. And this <laughs> actually incentivizes, this incentivizes players to <laughs> not do that, because yeah. you're kind of on the clock, and if you don't finish tonight, you're going to get penalized for it. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you're okay. all there. Yeah. Well, and one of the reasons why you can take campaigns so casually is because you know that, well, whatever we don't do this week, we can do next week, right? We can pick up wherever we leave off because it's just a continually picking things up. But if you know that you're going, it's like, okay, we have an adventure to complete tonight. And until we get to the end of this adventure, this night doesn't end. It kind of helps focus you a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, back to the whole, like, these things get harder as you get older and you have children and jobs and responsibilities and whatever. Uh, like I remember being in high school and playing games that would last all through the night. Like it would be yeah. a 12 hour session. Right. Yeah. And you, it's easier then to do something like, Hey, it's a big Epic challenge, but the game doesn't end until we finish this thing. It's a lot harder to do that when you're time boxed to two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is, there's another, another advantage to this too. You have to remember all your players basically, they're all hanging out at the same taverns. They're all sharing all the information that they're going on these adventures. So all this stuff, typically this is all tracked on a wiki someplace. So there's a player wiki. I know if somebody, if one group goes on an adventure, what happens? I can see everything that happened from then because they're at drinking with me at the tavern telling me their adventuring stories, right? Maybe there's pieces of that story where a DM and a player are kind of setting up their own little side conversation. And then Fletcher's like, hey... Chris, I really want to go on a quest to get a, a cool sword. I'm like, okay, I can, I'll run that quest for you, but you have to find five other people to go with you on this quest, right? Because that's part of the rules. Players can suggest ideas of sessions. And so that's another way to get invested. But Spencer and Kitty both can't go on this quest because they have real life jobs and work and kids, but Kitty can. Hey, I'm going to go on this quest with Spencer. Fletcher, Spencer's <laughs> going to support me on this. Yeah, I, I think I just sneezed again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you get my point, though. So, I don't know. I think. So, it- I, I kind of have two thoughts on this because, like, on one hand, it sounds nice. I like the kind of, you know, it's like the sitcom thing. Everything is the same at the beginning and the end. You can focus on different characters, you know, like, ugh, it's a, you know, Phoebe episode worst, you know, but I don't have to be there for it. <laughs> um, but then there's the other side where like, you know, to be fair, goofing off is a lot of the fun of playing Dungeons and Dragons for me. And as long as we can like kind of shoot that into moving the story forward, I'm fine yeah. with that. But um, I I mean, like goofing off and you, you can't you, know, you can't get rid of can't goofing take it away off. from me. Yeah, you, you no, can't you can't take it away from me. Yeah. that's the fun part. <laughs> yeah, the fun parts of the adventure are still there. It's more like think of it like an organized play where yes, you're going to have fun, you're going to goof off, you're going to joke around. You just have a goal. You know, you have a goal to do at the end of the day. I have to target my jokes more and not just you know 
<laughs> Although you guys were the ones who talked about work for like 40 minutes before our last D&D session to the point where me and Sydney were shopping on ThreadUp. It was before Not the session, sponsored. though. Before the yeah. session. It wasn't in the middle yeah. of the session. Once the session it started. A lot of the time of our session. Uh, maybe. Pre-session. You know, like when, when we still we still put a button on the whole thing. <laughs> we did put a button on the whole thing. Yeah, just because we did not engage with anything, <laughs> we engaged. That would have taken so much longer. We really just. All right, so I, so to get to catch the listeners up to this, <laughs> they heard. They, okay, they get the <laughs> yeah. If you didn't go back two episodes, listen post credits, yeah. you'll you'll hear it. <laughs> Chris is like, I can't believe you did exactly what you said you were going to do. <laughs> uh, players. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I really kind of like this idea and I think it's a cool way of getting a lot more friends involved in your D&D campaign. Cause I mean, I have another half a dozen people that would love to play D&D on a regular basis, but I can't run a 10 person table all the yeah, time. It doesn't work, but I can say, Hey, if I can get another DM or two that we can, you know, you don't have to be a DM all the time. I would probably be dedicated DM just cause I like, that's the, thing i like to do because you don't like to play (laughs) i really don't um but if i can get another dm or two and we have a group of players and people want to you know run sessions i think that's amazing i think that's like the quest for the sword is exactly the type of things you can do and your characters and it's not like the sitcom because the sitcom you don't actually have a ton of character development either right The, the lives of the characters don't change very frequently but it is like the drama right it's it's more like the the stargate I, I don't know why that's Star Trek. Star Trek. Let's go Star I Trek. Star Trek. Yeah. Where I almost said a data episode, but it didn't really fit my sitcom narrative earlier. Yeah. But, but it's that also thing, it's right? A controversial opinion that data episodes are bad. But yeah, I, I'd say Star Trek follows the same thing, right? At the end of every Star Trek episode, it's the same as the beginning of every Star Trek episode. They are flying through space to go explore. Yeah. And yeah. then they'll do something next week. But the yep. characters, there is character development from one episode mm-hmm. to the next, even though the story itself. Yeah, that's pretty throwaway. What happens to the characters matter. Will he shave it? (laughs) (laughs) Find out next week. Only bearded Riker is worth watching. (laughs) This is probably true. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I just think that's kind of a neat idea. And I would love to try this out with a larger group. You know, we get Doug and Bunny involved and a few other of our friends to say, look, we're going to do this. To actually play. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And you know, what I like about this too is... even if it even if it sounds less fun than the epic chronicle, and I can see why you might think it's less fun. I think it sounds fun, right? But yeah. I can see why you might want the more traditional chronicle there. It's so hard to do the traditional chronicle. Sometimes you have to just go with what is possible because I'd much rather just be playing with my friends than holding out for the perfect thing that I really want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also keep in mind – the DMs are still, there are still events in the world that are happening. You don't, this is not necessarily nothing else is going on. This is more a DS9 where there is an overall arc of things going that are happening. Now the players can engage with that or not engage with that as they choose fit, as they see fit, but the world is still doing world things. And this you got can push way that along. than I thought this conversation was going to be. <laughs> I was going to bring it to Longmire. <laughs> it's like when it used to be on like A&E. Yeah. And it was very episodic. But then Netflix bought it. And all of a sudden there's an arc. And it's very confusing if you just come into it now. But um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was a great episodic thing. It's like, hey, I'm just this cowboy. Some cowboy stuff is going down. (laughs) I got to go intimidate someone with my gun. You really See you next week when the same thing will happen. <laughs> Sometimes we find bodies in piles of manure. We have to figure out who they are. That was sure a weird episode. Yeah. It's a good show I, though. I Check have no out. idea what you're talking about. We Matthew says after like five seasons. Yeah. Like Matthew watching. says they can engage. Drama. Yeah. Matthew says they can engage as long as they make it back before the the night ends, and that is true. There is a compromise, right? There's world. The world things are happening. There are bite-sized pieces of ways to engage with the world things. That's that's the main you, compromise you would, there. I'm sure you'd run into difficulties as this scaled up, right? If you had like 35 GMs and you're all <laughs> trying to run different threads and you're updating the same world and then you're like, well, yeah, you got to coordinate. And it's like, oh, I forgot to tell you I was going to use that town. It's like, oh, sorry, I burnt down that town. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, there is. A, I don't know that we actually will ever run into that problem, but I think... Three to five, I'm going to say two to three, two to three DMs, you know, six to 12 players and you yeah, have it yourself. It wouldn't be a problem in yeah. a group of friends. That'd be a problem if you try to do like a statewide organized play or something. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A different problem. Yeah. yeah, it's a different problem. Yeah. But yeah, because you don't have to have a full group of six. I mean, like our group is four and I love the group of four. I love a four person group, but you can even go down to two or three, especially when you're looking at D&D and their you know, sidekicks that you could bring along as well. Um, so Kitty just posted Netflix. See, this is why you need to be in live chat. So now you can watch Netflix with us. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if you're not in live chat, you could just go on Netflix and look up Longmire if you want to watch that show. <laughs> I, guess you, I guess you could do that too. So, or if you're bored of this podcast, ways- you could just watch anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just stop. It has Lou Diamond Phillips. It it does. All right. Do we need to talk about any other kind of campaign structures? It's mediocre, <laughs> as usual. I don't know. What? He's fantastic. You take that back. <laughs> no. Tabletop. This is going to is a proud <laughs> member of the Dice Tower Network. Eight years we went strong, and then we had this conversation. <laughs> And that's how Lou Diamond Phillips ended it all. <laughs> Am I supposed to be reading? Are we done? Um, <laughs> yes, we, we are. We wrapping up. I got so distracted. <laughs> Something new and different. We are wrapping up, and then, um, yeah, stick around for our post credits, whatever that is. It's more of the same. Tabletop game. T- <laughs> I'm going to get drink. <laughs> Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Want to watch us record live? You can hear Spencer making that noise. <laughs> Good, thanks. Comments or questions, email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the support us link. There's a link in the show notes, too. Is it a raffle night? It is not a raffle night, but it will be when we return. Okay. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Terrence Miltner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Brian, Brian Arnold, Michael Yanikowski, David Sellers, David Radke, Jason Marks, Ann Reynolds, Christopher Letko, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholz, Joe Rackstad, Weatherman Keith, Paul Reamer, Jimothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Drobe, David Rang, Nicholas Lotz, Jerry Wong, C. Marie, Justin Willard, Jason Rodney, Cindy Loom, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Baz Flintham, Eric Slander, 
Glenn Cotter, John Williams, Sir Sully, Andrew Fayesh, Kamal Berth, Peter Fleming, Gary Bunker, Lightning Steve, Jim Conrad, Dan Seed, Ryan Ellett, Sean P. Kelly, Mike Smith, Caleb O'Brien, Don Kilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Toth, Charles Pearson, Jesse Wheeler, Ronald Roy, Tony Simpkins, David Garner, and Darren McClellan. And thank you to everyone who's ever been a patron. Your support means the world to us. And to that end, we are going to have two drawings. No, five drawings on the 26th. Five people will be drawn. One of them will only be from patrons. On the 26th, we're going to be giving away so much stuff, so come back and join us then. Um, And until then, keep playing games and having fun. Spencer, when playing in a D&D campaign as a player, is your drink yes. of choice different than playing in a campaign as a dungeon master? I don't think so. Maybe I go a little stronger when I'm the player, because it's not as important to like, <laughs> have clarity of thought. You know, you when know, he's I, DMing, I any he's kind of there. a Cosmo type of guy, but, you know, when he's playing... <laughs> He's straight up Moscow Mule. Fletcher, you never drink when we're playing. Do you ever drink when we're playing? No, but I don't. I I don't drink a lot anymore. But when he does, he prefers Dos Equis. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Kitty, what is your drink of choice when playing? I only have my normal drinks of choice, and I don't really change it. Playing fuzzy uh, navels all day. Cider and white wine. Cider and white wine. Cider and white wine. Yeah, I actually find that drinking specifically dry white wines that are not Chardonnays. All right, in case anyone is curious. Yeah, I find that no I drink <laughs> more when I run a game than when I play a game. And but you don't when I run games. a game. Um, but sometimes I do. Sometimes I play the vampire games, and there, if I drink, I become obnoxious and unfun. But as a DM, I become much more generous when I drink. So I think it, it, it becomes it, you know, way more out. fun and unobnoxious. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I leveled you guys up like three times in one night once. Um, I, I don't true. remember it. I really but. enjoy when Chris <laughs> drinks and gives us levels. You get a level. We're like, you we're get a level. This in the notes. Um, oh, and to that end, if you're a Patreon subscriber, I will be posting in the next couple days my Drunken Chris reviews Terraforming Mars um, because I finally did watch it and. Okay, I'll post it. <laughs> I, I do really miss playing D&D at the bar. I do like that. Although we accidentally ended a campaign playing D&D at a bar once. So that happened. Yeah, but it was, it was fun. We were living on the edge. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back there. All right. Good night, everyone. And see you again. Well, I'll talk to you again in three weeks. We'll be back on the 27th. Um, but we'll be back live recording on the 26th.